Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Professor Natalie Harpin. I thought today I would talk about how the gender binary is relatively new for human history. And I, I'm i just going to talk about the things that I know from history that support having more than two genders and it being fluid and the potential for it to be fluid within gender expression. And I wanted to talk about this because I think that, of course, with the things that we see happening in current events, a lot of the bans, a lot of the communities that are being affected, specifically people from within the LGBTQIA plus community, it's very important for me to share on my platform the history that goes against this idea that you know, things have to be man and woman and that there can be no fluid expression between those two genders. So that's the purpose of the podcast today. So some of you may have heard of two spirit people within indigenous societies, but it's also important to note that there are, from what I understand, five different genders that are recognized within many Native American communities, um, indigenous communities. So those include feminine female, masculine female, feminine male, masculine male, and then um, someone who is two-spirit. So I wanted to talk about that because again, in Western society, we generally believe um, or are taught that there are two, right? Male and female. But I think it's very interesting that for many of our ancient and oldest societies, they were not, there were not only two genders or two expressions of those genders. So like I said, some of you have probably heard of two-spirit people. So from my understanding, those are people who can embody either or or both at the same time, depending on you know, different circumstances, they're not bound to just one expression of their gender. And I think that if more people understood that, it would give more context to the idea that there is different gender expression and that these things have been around for a very, very long time. That with colonization, with, you know, even even honestly with capitalism, a lot of this idea that there is a rigid two gender system, it plays into that and it's it is a result of Western civilization and Western indoctrination that is a result of the colonization of the Americas and even for the colonization of the old world, because there were different African groups that, for example, didn't give a child a gender until they came of age. So they referred to the child as a gender neutral term. So again, when sometimes people think, oh, well, doing things gender neutral is too much of an inconvenience or it doesn't make any sense or why are we doing this now? It's like, no, people have done this for centuries because from some of the point of view of these, and I don't know the name of the specific African group, but I have read about it historically speaking, that when they did, when a child was born, they were just referred to as a child and child is a gender neutral term when they came of age and whatever that um, pubescent coming of age like ritual was, that is when they referred to as either um, a man or a woman or however they would classify 
their genders then. But I also think that it's important because it gives more spectrum to seeing what the development of that child is going to be before there's any type of formalizing of, you know, who of that, not who they are, because it's not who they are, but that aspect of their identity. So in ancient Japan, some of you may be aware of geisha and those were largely regarded as artists. So I know in Western culture, they kind of get typecast as prostitutes. There was a film that was pretty popular, Memoirs of a Geisha, which is, of course, like a lot of films based off of a book. But um, they were actually artists, and a lot of them were the daughters of fallen aristocrats. And they were not necessarily expected to have, you know, physical sex with their clientele but you may not have heard about kabuki so that's why i started with geisha with something that you maybe are more familiar with kabuki were young male prostitutes who were in theater and they often dressed as women and had feminine expression they were fully accepted in society and many very important samurai and very important dignitaries from japan would have relationships with these kabuki would have sex with these kabuki and it did not mean that anybody was labeled as heterosexual or homosexual. It was just them having an encounter with these people. The kabuki were largely accepted in society and especially in these theater spaces. But again, it's not some agenda that is currently, that is um, a current event that's only happened in the last 30, 40, 50 years. These are things that have been around for centuries. People expressing themselves through what we believe to be the hallmarks of another gender expression. Some of you may have heard of the Egyptian pharaoh Akhenaten, or sometimes as he's referred to as Amenhotep IV, I believe, that there were thoughts that he may have been intersex. Um, he appears to have more of an androgynous look. There are speculations about different types of genetic things that happen that cause him to have the shape, but when you see statues of him or of them, you'll notice that there are pronounced hips and there are signs of feminine physique and those were not covered up to try to make Akhenaten seem more masculine or something that was to be ashamed of. So I wanted to mention that as well. So there are different um, resources you can utilize to read more about Akhenaten, but he is largely regarded as the male pharaoh with a feminine physique. And also with the indigenous Mayan civilization, they had an androgynous maze god that represented both female and male roles. Corn represented the male and female to both, the female role being the nurturing role for as far as feeding people and the male role being um, the fertilization and semen. So that is an indigenous Mayan example. And the reason I wanted to bring up these ancient examples was because, again, many of these civilizations were around before there was a unified Europe, before there was a unified Spain, before there was um, circumnavigation across the Atlantic, before there was intertrade, before there was, you know, so many things that we think of as big moments in history, world history, American history, etc. These civilizations were around centuries before many of these countries in Europe were even thought of. 
and they did not focus on gender binaries. And I thought it was important to mention, even though briefly, because this is not my area of specialty. And so I highly encourage you all to look up historians who deal more with this history, indigenous history, LGBTQIA history, and we offer courses at Grossmont about that. It's very important for us to understand that this is not something new, that it was not something to be ashamed of, historically speaking, and that it what it is new is to suppress gender expression and claim that it's part of some agenda. It is new to try to limit people and their respectability in society based on the expression of their chosen gender or how they choose to express themselves. That is new in America. In, um, I guess, world history and thinking about America in particular, since most of the news we get about this is rooted in this country. So I just wanted to briefly, very briefly, very briefly, now that it's April, I wanted to talk about this as well, because it's something that was on my mind and I wanted to just do a very short podcast episode about it. Some resources. So the History Channel, before they stopped well I guess before they started doing more stuff about aliens and pawning shows they used to have a pretty good series um documentary that they had called the history of sex it was four episodes I believe and I don't know it's probably still on YouTube so if I can find the YouTube link I will put it, actually, I'm not going to put it in the chat because it would be kind of difficult. But if you YouTube history of sex history channel, then it should be that it covers the Aztec and Maya. It covers Mesopotamia. It covers ancient Egypt. It covers Japan, China, India. And it's a really great resource to understand, like I said, just how the different genders being more than two, two in some civilizations, more than two in others, how they dealt with the expression of that and what people were or weren't allowed to do, even based on the political time. Because as it goes into with, um, especially with China and Japan, depending on who was in charge politically, that changed the views about what the role of men or women were in society and what sorts of things were frowned upon. So there's a certain time where it's seen as okay for wives and mothers to have affairs with men who are not their husbands. There is a time where there's a real big push to create a big family. And there's times where it's seen as taboo to have a big family. There's times where it's okay to be more sexually fluid and liberated, um, And there's times where people are told, hey, you need to scale it back and you need to take it in the home and have those same types of passionate expressions with your marriage partner. But it's frowned upon for it to happen outside of your marriage or outside of marriage at all. Um, It also is a great documentary resource because it goes into how women in many of these ancient civilizations were allowed to have more autonomy, that they had more leverage and control of their lives because of either their ability to create children or because of the support that they offer their communities. And again, this is thinking about civilizations where they did have more of a binary. Um, So they did have people, either men or women, even in, like I said, the ones that have both men and women, but also have people who sort of navigate that space in between. 
it's very interesting to see how throughout their civilizations, certain things did change with regard to how people were incentivized to live their lives. But there doesn't seem to be a very large push to erase people who are in that in that intermediary space or in that fluid space to be pushed from society or demonized or vilified in society or even demonizing the people who firmly identify within one gender but have relationships with those people who do not conform to either to representing themselves as either one gender or the other it also talks about the um arranged marriages that some civilizations did have and how that worked as far as age how these different civilizations handled sex workers and how those things changed when the europeans colonized the new world especially with regard to the mayan and aztec civilizations and really started demonizing people who were sex workers started demonizing people who were not buying into the gender binary or who were having same-sex relationships or who were expressing their gender or just expressing themselves in non-traditional ways that the Spanish thought were appropriate. So that's why I said a lot of it has to do with colonization. A lot of it has to do with modern capitalism as a result of that. So like I said, this is going to be a short episode, but I highly recommend that documentary. It should be easy to access. And like I said, it's probably on YouTube, which would mean that it's free to watch. Um, You may be able to get access to the DVD. I think I have the DVD, but I don't teach world history anymore, so I don't really get to talk about this at all, which is why um, I don't have much more to say about it. In addition to it not being a field of expertise, I definitely recommend that you look up local activists, scholars, researchers, and historians who do talk more in depth about these topics, these narratives, these stories, these histories, and really sort of unpack that the way we see our politics going that are blaming, trying to blame people within these communities for promoting agendas, these aren't things that are new. It's very new to restrict people based on those things. So I hope you all have a great week ahead. It is April, (laughs) and I think I already mentioned that, but so spring has officially started, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye! (laughs)